heart, say, this is God's Word. Come on, you can do better than that. This is God's Word. Not Pastor Eben's Word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the Word of God. I boldly confess that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I won't go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit saturating this place. So that that which is said will not just be heard with our natural ears, but our spiritual ears will take inventory and our hearts will receive the incorruptible word which is able to save our soul. We thank you, Father, this morning for the anointing of the Holy Spirit being in this place. And as I have decreased, I thank you for that anointing increasing to feed every sheep in this place your word. I thank you that no one will leave this place spiritually unfed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. So far in our quest to biblically understand what it means to live a blessed life, we've discovered that it is God's undeniable will and desire for us to live a life of all sufficiency. It is God's undeniable will for us to live a life of all sufficiency. Somebody say all sufficiency. Now today we will begin a series of new lessons under our blessed life theme that will help us further see and understand how to get in position and stay in position to always have more to live and to give. The goal of these teachings are to provide you with a biblical insight on God's view of money and how we, are, uh, how we should treat it. It is also designed to help us understand God's original purpose and intent for the giving of tithes and offerings and the promise that he makes us when we obey him. So our new teaching topic today is give, uh, the life of a giver. Say the life, the life. of a giver. Now, when I said money, I felt some of y'all just tighten up. You know how when you go to the doctor and they get ready to give you a shot and they say don't tighten up? Yeah, some of y'all tighten up. So I'm going to give you a disclaimer this morning. Say disclaimer. Here's the disclaimer this morning. Unfortunately, many people, non-Christians as well as Christians, have been misinformed, have misunderstood, have never understood... Or have experienced abuse or misuse when it comes to giving, especially to a church or the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen from some of those people? Woo, got a good amen on that one. My goal every year as a pastor is to take four to six weeks out of the year to focus on one of the most important topics in the Bible and in in your life. Why do I say that? There are about 500 verses in the Bible that relate to prayer. There are about 500 verses in the Bible that relate to faith. But there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that relates to money and possessions. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this is really important. 
Now, the only way to have faith for something is to hear about it. If giving and receiving is never taught, you would never have faith to receive more at supernatural levels. Now, because I know that once giving is understood and practice will change your life, I choose to teach it with unwavering conviction. See, I know this works. This did not start working for me or I did not start practicing this when I became a pastor. I've been now a sheep longer than I've been a pastor. And I still believe the, the way I believe on giving, I still believe it now the way I did when I was a sheep. And I remember when I first started our church, I made up in my mind the first year I wasn't going to talk about money at all. I was so upset with people on TV and different preachers talking about money. and just I mean, they, they weren't even preaching the word. They, they might just get up there and just beg for some money. And I got so fed up with that. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, I got ooh, a lot of hands on that one. I mean, I got so fed up and I was like, Lord, I ain't teaching no money. I ain't teaching no money. And this is exactly what he said to me. He said, if you don't teach on money and giving... And because you have the right heart and understanding about it and don't teach it, you're just as wrong as people who teach it for the wrong reason. I was like, what you say? He said, because they're teaching it. And even though they're teaching it for the wrong motive, the information's right. And at least my people can still be blessed by obeying the principle. But here you are. You're not saying nothing. He said, that's just as wrong as them. I was like, well, I don't I don't want to be like that now. So after the first year, I taught it. Now, turn your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. So here's what I need you to do this morning. I need you to please open your heart and be prepared to open your hand to what you hear from God's word. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And you know what? Some of you all are going to hear. I I want you to act like you know nothing about giving to God at all. I want you to erase your brain. As much as you can. Because this message is so powerful. Man, I'm telling you, this is going to actually be a delivering word for some of us. I'm not going to. Listen, when I talk about money, I don't. I'm not going to try to. I'm not going to make it hype. I'm not going to try to make you jump over pews and make you happy. No, no, because I don't want any emotions involved. I want see when you in school, they don't they don't they don't do that when when they're teaching. When they're teaching you, they're teaching you. They're not playing music behind you and getting you all revved up. They're not doing that. Come on, sing the ABCs to me. Come on, sing them to me. They don't do it like that. So I need your heart to be open because this is going to be a delivering word for you. Now, here's the point I want to make. Here's the first, first point. Waiting for everything to be right in your life to give will always cause three things. Number one, it will cause delay from giving. Number two, it will cause disobedience from giving. And then number three, it will cause deferment from giving. Here, I'm going to say it again. Waiting for everything in your life to be just right to give will always cause either delay, disobedience, or deferment. Now, before we read the scripture, I want to give you a take-home statement. Now, a take-home statement are statements that I give you that I want you to think about during the week. And here's this morning's first take-home statement. Delayed giving always equals a deferred harvest. I'm going to say it again. Delayed giving always equals a deferred harvest. Now, let's look in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. This is so wonderful. Look at what it says here. Are you in Ecclesiastes chapter, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4. 
Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right. Watch what it says here. It says, he that observes the wind shall not what? Sow or give. And he that regards the clouds shall not what? Reap. Now, I like the Amplified. I'm going to read this out of two different verses. The Amplified says this. He who observes the wind and waits for all conditions to be favorable will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. I like now the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they will never harvest. In other words, the Bible is saying, if you wait for everything in your life to be right when it comes to giving, you will never give. And let me tell you something. If you never give, you can never receive based on the principles in God's word. And so we can't wait. Well, I'm going to wait. See, I'm, I, some of y'all thinking, I'm just going to wait to get some of my bills together. Your bills ain't going to never get together. I'm going to wait. I, I got one more bill to pay off. No, listen, that, let me tell you something about the devil. He's going to make sure nothing is right for you to give. And see, all that he's doing, he's delaying the harvest that God has on his mind for you. Somebody say amen. amen. Now go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. And here's the point I want to make. Giving to God must be done out of understanding and out of obedience. Giving to God must be done out of understanding and out of obedience. Deuteronomy chapter 11. That's close to the, uh, that's in the front of the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 26 is where I'm going to start. And here's my point. Giving to God must be done out of two ways. Number one, out of understanding. And number two, out of obedience. Now, I'm starting reading in verse 26. Are you there? Say, I'm there. All right, here we go. He says, behold, I set before you today a what? A what? Now, we're talking about living the blessed life, right? He says, I have set before you a blessing and a what? And a curse. Watch verse 27. A blessing if you what? If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. And a curse if you what? If you would not obey. In other words, what he's saying here is blessings come in your life when you obey God. I like to look at the word curse because that that sounds like a, you know, back in the day witchcraft type word. So I like to use the word curse, meaning things don't go right. In other words, when you obey God and you're giving, things go right. When you don't obey God with your giving, things don't go right. How many know what I'm talking about? All right. Now, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 very quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Because an all-sufficient harvest starts with an all-sufficient seed. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This has been our foundational scripture that we've been using over our whole Blessed Life series. And the point I want to make in this particular scripture is an all-sufficient harvest starts with an all-sufficient seed. Now... I'm going to start reading in verse 6. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he who sows bountifully shall reap how? Bountifully. Every man, as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let's just stop right there, because now God has given some instructions. The instruction is, when you give little, you get back little. When you give much, you get back much. 
But then he goes on to make a promise. And here's the promise. He says in verse 8, when I give, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So I want you to see something here. Really, the bottom line of why God wants you to have more is so you can do more with. Did you see where it says that he wants you abound to every good work? But you can't abound to a good work if you don't have any money. And the way to get more money is not by keeping it all, it's by giving. He just said that the all-sufficient life comes when I give. Now go to Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. You all are doing good this morning. Our needs, listen to this, our needs being met. And for us to experience all sufficiency in every area of our life is dependent upon our understanding of God's principles and following his protocol to receive his promises. I'm going to say it again. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Listen to this. Our needs, your needs being met. How many want their needs met? Let me see your hand. All right. Your needs being met and for you to experience all sufficiency in every area of your life is dependent upon your understanding of God's principle and then following his protocol after you learn what he tells you to do. Now, listen to this. Watch this, Matthew 6, 33. I'm going to break down something for you. He says, but seek ye what? First. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what happens? All these things shall be added. So here's the point I want you to make. Uh, I want to make. When you make God's priority your priority, then what he said he wants you to do will work for you. And right here he says when he is first in your life, when we put him first, he said every need that you have will be taken care of. So watch this now. In order for this to happen... We must have God and his way of doing things that's first in our lives. And that's what tithing is about. And those of you, you know what? I want to apologize to some of you all because you've been told to tithe. You've been told to give offering, but you have not been taught to tithe. And you have not been taught about offering. Because I'm going to break down tithing for you so you can really understand what it means and the impact that it has in your life. And see, once you understand it, you know, I remember, see, my dad was tithing when I was growing up. That's, I've never not tithed. Once I got saved, I tithed. They would send me money for my books in college, and I would tithe off the, the money that they sent me. I wouldn't even have enough money left after I tithed to get the books, but God would supernaturally supply my books. Right. Somebody would give me one, or somebody would sell me one at a discount. But, but here's the thing. I remember he would, he would get paid, and he would put his, his offering uh, tithe envelope on the, on the desk. And he already had his check in there and the amount. Now, he didn't know that. He's just now hearing this today. But I would go and look and see what he was given. <laughs> and I was like, you know, at the time I was not saved. So I was like, what is wrong with this man? He is giving too much money to that church. <laughs> but all of our needs were met growing up. Amen. Amen. So watch this now. I want you to see this. God is a God of principles, protocols, and promises. Say this with me. Say principles, protocol, and promises. 
Now, to receive his promises or the blessings, we must understand his principles and follow the protocol. So let me just explain to you real quickly what a principle is, what protocol is, and what promises are. A principle is a fixed or predetermined policy or mode of action. It's an adopted rule. And if you want 2009's version, what it really means is what God wants done. That's all it means. What God wants done. What does a principle mean? Come on, class. One more time. What God wants done. Now, what is protocol? Protocol is a code of correct conduct. Let's put it in today's version. What does that mean? That is what God wants. uh, That is something God wants to do. Or God wants. Let me put it the way I said it on the sheet. It It is the way God wants something done. So a principle is what God wants to do. And the protocol is the way he wants you to do it. Say this with me. Say a principle is what God wants to do. Protocol is how God wants it done. All right. Now, what is a promise? A promise is basically a declaration that something will be done. 2009 version means it's what God wants to do when we obey him. So now God wants, he'll give us a principle. That's what he wants to do. He wants us to do that. The protocol is the way he wants us to do it. Because you can't do, God is not Burger King. You can't have it your way. You can't have it your way. I mean, I wish I could have it my way with God, but it just don't work like that. And so with God, we have to do things his way. And that's why some people are not experiencing blessings like they are supposed to because they're not doing it God's way. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he ain't talking to me. Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, he talking to you though. (laughs) Watch this. In Matthew 6.33, one major principle in God's word is that his kingdom and his way of doing things must be first. Let me give you another take home statement. Here it is. Obedience to the principle qualifies us to receive the results of the promise. I'm going to say it again. Obedience to the principle or what God wants us to do qualifies us to receive the results of the promise. In other words, whatever God says to do, the promise on the other end of it, as long as I do it his way, I'm going to get what he said I would get. Somebody say amen. amen. Now go to Matthew 13. Go to Matthew chapter 13. Watch this now. I'm getting ready to dive into something. Boy, this is going to bless you right here. I am so much out of time, but uh, I'm just going to keep going right now. Watch this. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep going. I'm not that much out of time, but, you know, it's, it's working against me right now. Matthew uh, chapter 13. And here's a point I want to make. Once you understand the principles that God lived by, once you've understood that, and then once you understand the principle of giving and it has taken root in your life, then the promise concerning giving can produce fruit in your life and the enemy can't take it away from you. In other words, once you learn the principle of what giving does in your life, the devil can't stop you from doing it no more. See, that's why he got some of y'all up and down. Because you really, you're not rooted in the promise of it. Watch this, Matthew 13, and let's look in verse 23. It says, but, watch this now, but he that receives seed in good ground, Is he that hears the word, and then what's the next word? And he understands the word. Now watch and see what happens when you understand. 
it will bring forth fruit a hundred, sixty, and what else? Thirty. So watch this now. I want you to see this. Once you understand the principle of giving, understanding will cause fruit to be produced because if you see here, he says, when you understand it, you will bring forth a hundred and thirty and sixty. So understanding a principle produces fruit in your life. And once you understand the principle of giving, it will produce in your life. Now, let's go now. Watch this. Go to, uh, let's go to, go to Ephesians chapter 5. You know what? I, I, I'm going to skip that. I'm going to skip that. Uh, go to Acts 28. Go to Acts chapter 28. Acts 28. Understanding God's principles are so important. And believe it or not, understanding takes place in your heart. Say this with me. Say, understanding takes place in my heart. Now watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Let's look in verse 26. This was in the book of Acts. It says, go unto this people and say, hearing you shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing you shall see and not perceive. Watch this. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have been closed. Watch this now. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their what? Heart. So understanding takes place where? Where? In my heart. So watch this. That means my heart and your heart is very important when it comes to the things of God. So the first thing is I got to understand with my heart. Now go to Matthew chapter 13. I should have told you to stay there. Go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Go to Matthew 13. Because I'm about to show you a major killer of why promises regarding giving don't work in a lot of people's life. Right here. This is it right here. I believe right here this is going to set a lot of people free. This is why giving don't work for a lot of people. First of all, this is one of the reasons why giving... Some people don't give, and then this is the reason why giving don't work for some people. Matthew chapter 13. I want you to write this down as a point. Offense is the biggest killer of the word working regarding, or not working, regarding giving, and it reduces or eliminates the manifestation of finances in your life. I'm going to say it again. Listen to what I'm saying now. Offense is the biggest killer of receiving the word regarding giving and it reduces, offense reduces or eliminates the manifestation of finances. Let me show you what I mean. Matthew chapter 13, are you there? Look in verse 20. Watch what it says. It says, but he that receives seed into the stony place, we know seed represents the word based on this parable. The same is he who hears the word and with joy receives it, yet... He not being rooted in himself, but endure for a while. For when tribulation, trouble, bills unexpectedly, or persecution arises because of what? Because of the word. What happens to that person? He becomes what? Offended. So I want you to see something. Offense stops a person from receiving. Offense stops a person from producing fruit. Now, I looked up that word offense. 
And you know what it means? In the Greek, you know, they didn't speak English when they wrote the Bible. The New Testament was written in like Greek and Aramaic and, and, and that kind of thing. And so they had to translate those words into English words. But I went back and looked at the original Greek word for this word offense in this scripture. And you know what it is? It's the word scandalizo. It's where we get our English word scandal from. And so what he's saying in Matthew chapter 13 is he's saying that a person who feels or has been scandalized in their heart will not produce fruit. Now, let's look back at it. Go back to to verse 20. Let's, Let's look at verse 21. Yet he had no root in himself, but endured for a while. For when tribulation or persecutions arise because of the word, that person becomes scandalizo. Now, let me tell you what that word means. It means to put a stumbling block in the way upon a person which may trip or fall. It also means to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey. It also means to cause someone to feel displeasure at a thing. And it also means to make one indignant. The goal of the devil is to make each one of us be offended or scandalized when it comes to giving. Because once you are, watch this, scandalized, that is putting a stumbling block in front of you so you can fall. It also causes a person to distrust and desert a person who they ought to trust. So now, watch this, I wonder who in here has been scandalized. See, some of you all have been part of churches and the the pastor stole the money. He stole it. It was obvious he stole it because the roof was still leaking and he had a nice car. Everybody say scandalizo. You may have been part of a church and they didn't do it all the way you wanted it to. But here's the problem. They're going to stand before God for the judgment of what they did. All the devil's trying to do is try. He's trying to just constipate you with scandalizo. Because if you get constipated with scandalizo, you're not going to give. And if you don't give, you're not going to receive. Write this take home statement down. When offenses start, blessings stop. Now go to Luke very quickly. Go to Luke. Go to Luke. Go to Luke. I'm, I'm almost there. Oh, Lord. Luke chapter 7. Are y'all being blessed so far? I need y'all. See, if, I'm not trying to. I, I'm really. I want y'all to get some understanding on this thing. Because it has changed my life. Luke chapter 7. Verse 23. Here's the point I want to make, make. Offense keeps me or you from obeying God with our giving and slows down or stops the blessings that it, is, that it is to bring into our lives. Luke chapter 7, look in verse 23. Watch what Jesus said. He says, and blessed is he who ever shall not be offended in me. Jesus said, as long as you're not offended, blessings will flow. But the ones scandalizo comes up in your life, blessings are going to stop. Now, can you see why the devil had you thinking all those bad thoughts about the last church and pastor that you were at? Because all he's trying to do is stop you, stop you up with scandalizo. And Jesus just said, blessed is the person who does not become offended. 
So the take-home statement is when offenses start, blessings stop. Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're gonna make, we'll, I'll stop right here even though I'm not done with my lesson. I'll stop right here. But I want you to see this last point. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is the scripture that we've been looking at for our series because I, I need you to get this point right here. Understanding based on what we've been looking at now takes place where? Come on, class. It takes place where? In the heart. Where does offense take place? In the heart. Everybody say in the heart. Offense takes place in the heart too. Well, let me show you something else special. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Watch this now. Well, look at verse 6. But this I say, he who gives sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he who gives bountifully shall reap bountifully. Watch this. Every man according as he purposed in his what? Heart. So let him what? So where does giving take place? That's why the devil wants your heart constipated with scandalizo. Everybody make a... Everybody do like that. Come on, everybody. Come on. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You sweating bullets and going on in there. Is it hot in here? No, it ain't hot. You just straining too hard, baby. Watch this now. Understanding takes place in the heart. Offense takes place in the heart. And so giving takes place from the heart. And so if he can get your heart stopped up with offense. See, here's what some of y'all's problem. Well, I don't know what they church doing. They, well, first of all, let me just back this up and say, you know, be here. I don't know. Look at your calendar. It's February something. Whatever. That's, that's the day that we tell you how much money our church made and where, where all the money went. So if you got a problem with that, show up on that day. The problem I have with y'all on that day, y'all don't show up. I'm like that, don't they want to know? <laughs> but, but let me tell you why there's a problem with you having a problem with that somewhere you came from. Because that person is the one that's got to stand before God, but they constipating you. And now you're wondering why the blessings ain't flowing like they ought to flow. See, some of y'all, some of y'all don't tithe. I ain't giving that preacher my money. You know why you are like that? Because you don't really understand that you ain't giving it to the preacher. That's okay, because I got a whole lesson on tithing. It is so wonderful. It's going to help. Some of y'all's lives are going to change. I see God blessing some of y'all with cars, cash free. Just cash. Just go in the dealership, write the check. Uh, what are we, how are we, how are we uh, financing this today? Uh, I'm just writing a check for it. Uh, you what? Yeah. You heard me? Then you get that George Jefferson walk on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We have to be aware of the devil's tricks. That's the bottom line. Because he don't want no... See, this is, a, this is one of the most major principles that can get a person financially free. Now, see, here's the deal. Most of y'all, you don't have enough understanding to believe that. Remember I told you last week we gave $26,000 last year? I don't miss that money. I don't even wish I had it back. Because I know that that is designed... To produce a harvest in my future that I could never generate by working. 
So I'm going to stop right here because I've been punching some of y'all like a punching bag. Some of y'all's heads been doing this the whole time. Bam, bam, bam. When he going to stop? I don't know. <laughs> but here's the, here's the point. Here's the deal, too. Some of y'all constipated with scandalizo, and it ain't got nothing to do with money. Your ex-husband got you stopped up. And it don't matter what is stopping you up, it's stopping your harvest. So here's the closing statement. What are you offended over right now? Think about it. Is it your mama? Is it your daddy? You know, it could have been somebody you grew up with long, long time. It could have been that daddy that you never met. But you still clogged up. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, that person is not worth the harvest that God has on his mind for you. I'm talking about, I'm talking to somebody right now. You've been tithing consistently and you ain't been seeing the breakthrough come in your finance. And it's because you stopped up. There are some people, every head bowed and every eye closed. My, my, my altar call is, is, is four part this morning. This is the way God wanted me to do it. There are some people in this room. And the reason why.